Left. Right. Election integrity. Voting rights. How do we keep uh, fraudulent voters out? Are there even fraudulent voters? These are all things we discuss in this episode of SIP Talk. So let me know your thoughts on voting laws, fraudulent votes, if the election was stolen. I, I want all your opinions. Throw them in the comments and uh, enjoy. This is SIP Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 And go. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> We're a little off the mark, but why not? We're still opening drinks here. Welcome to Sip Talk, episode 204. My name is Justin DiGiulio at my basement in New Jersey, joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. James, the Bosnator Boswell is a philosopher, a retired professional referee, a bartender, and most exciting of all, an accountant. How's it hanging, James? Things are good here. We had a little bit of a tropical storm today. Is that coming up this way? Uh, I don't know what its longer term forecast is. It hit Florida, but we definitely felt the effects of it. Um. Did you get uh, get any waves there? I know you like to hit the water when, when uh, you get some storms coming in. There was definitely size, but it was super windy, and it would have just been a complete mess to try and get out. Uh, how's that? It's cold, though, right? Uh, sea surface temperature is probably high 60s or low 70s, so I wouldn't categorize that as warm. I'd probably wear a wetsuit because I'm I don't like cold water. So for me to not wear a wetsuit, it's got to be like above 75 degrees. Um, so before we get too deep into this, before we keep talking about the weather more specifically. Because um, that's what everybody wants to hear about. Well, I don't know if they want to hear about our topic <laughs> either. So the topic today, uh, but <laughs> that's their choice, not our choice. You know, we have no choice with what we choose. Um, we're talking about election integrity today. Well, we're talking what's wrong with America Volume, I guess, three. That would be three. This would be and three. elections. Elections. And, and and we did a live election coverage two nights ago during the midterm elections. Uh, the jury's generally still out. Yeah. Mm, I haven't. No. I haven't listened to the news for a split second. And anything that's come up, I, I mean, I haven't even been on social media in the last day and a half. So. The, the, the main conclusions that people are drawing is... Going into the election, the expectation was that the Republicans were going to have a very good night and likely take back control of both the Senate and the House. And right now, both of those are questionable. Um, so the Democrats had for so generally the midterm elections is where the party in power loses seats and the Democrats did lose some seats but they lost far less than they were expecting to. And they had arguably the best midterm elections since 2002. And 2002 was pretty special because that election happened 
really only a year after 9-11. So George W. Bush was extremely popular at the time. Yeah, I, I found it interesting that his popularity rose during those years. But I guess the country did come together more. And, you know... Well, he was popular because his initial response to 9-11 was actually decent. Uh, yeah, I'll buy that. I agree with you. And... And when when you are in crisis, unless you have strong reason not to, you kind of circle around your leader. Okay, fair enough. Like unless the leader is the one who caused that crisis. Well, that's that's kind of what I was getting at. Is like, you um, know, hang on for a second. The cat's not here, and I got to kick her out. James got a, a cat wandering around the the background of his uh, his desk here, and uh, the cat is meowing. So it sounds like we got to move this cat. Out of the room, but some of the stuff we're going to talk about today includes voter fraud, um, how many instances are there, how serious of a threat to our elections is voter fraud, and ways that we can improve voting in general. Looks like James is back here. Headphones are back on. Cat is yeah. in good shape. Cat is unharmed. All right, all right. So let's let's start talking more about the actual topic than the current events. Um, well, basically, let me just sum it up. So the Democrats did a lot better than they were expecting to. They might even be able to hold the Senate. It's going to go. It, it might end up um, hinging on a runoff election in Georgia, just like what happened two years ago. And overall, the the candidates that Trump backed did poorly in any races that were expected to be competitive in the in in the races where he endorsed a candidate that like it was already expected for them to win by wide margins they sure they won but a lot of those candidates actually got less votes than other more mainstream republicans so like if a mainstream republican got 60% of the vote in the state a trump candidate was getting like 53 to 55% so I think you're finally starting to see the Republicans say, hmm, maybe this Trump guy doesn't know what he's doing. Well, I mean, he did he did lose the most recent election. So, so there, there is we'll that. have to see. But overall, in an, in an election where basically everything that could go wrong for Democrats did, they still did well. And the other story coming out of this is, the voting power of the, the youngest generation of Gen Z, where they're pissed off about a lot of things and they're blaming Republicans for a lot of them. So as our population continues to shift and old people die off and young people get to voting age, I think you're going to continue to see a demographic shift where the Republicans are going to struggle to find voters unless they change their policies. Mm, well, um, I'm, I, I need to do a little research on current events, maybe throw some news on tomorrow morning. But I'm just in such a better mood when I when I don't use social media and uh, I don't listen to the news. So, yeah, really quick, since we, you wanted me to bring this up, speaking of social media, before we get into the elections, it's really uh, fun to watch the debacle that is that Twitter is becoming. So I don't know much about what's going on in Twitter, but I do hear that they're asking certain people to pay a monthly fee so that they can get the endorsement of being a real person, a real user. And they changed like the blue check mark or something recently. 
so the blue check mark, I believe, used to be that like you were verified to be who you say you were. Yeah. So if you're a celebrity and you have a Twitter handle, I don't know, The Rock, then if you had the blue check mark next to it, then it was actually The Rock making that tweet and not somebody just pretending to be him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could have been someone on his social media team as well. Right. But it's but, whoever... it, but it was endorsed by him. Yeah. So um, now they've changed that to basically you just pay like eight dollars a month and you get a blue check mark and you can and yeah, you can just change your handle to be whatever you want. So there's a whole bunch of really funny people impersonating other people. And well, they've um, already started this. They, yeah, and Musk has laid off like half the workforce, and then like, that was last weekend. So on, on last Friday, he laid off like half the workforce, and then on Monday, asked a whole bunch of people to come back because it turns out that they actually did stuff that was important. Oh, awesome. Um, and so I've always, for, for a very long time, I, I can't say always, but for a long time, I've thought that Musk is a colossal buffoon, and it's really pleasant to see it being publicly exposed because he could kind of hide behind Tesla and SpaceX doing cool things and people wouldn't really care that the companies were really poorly managed. But when you take a company like Twitter, which already had kind of a known product and, and now you get to see Musk managing, you get to see the changes as, as to what he brought in and you can see like, all right, this guy is just, I don't know. There's a picture of him on the first day after he took over Twitter, walking into the Twitter offices, carrying a kitchen sink, like an actual kitchen sink. I have not seen this photo. And Why is he carrying a kitchen sink would, would be my question. I think the idea was that he's throwing out everything, including the kitchen sink. So it's like representing that there's going to be like a whole bunch of change or something. I, I, I can't say for sure. Ah, uh, okay. What I saw, someone said, like it's it's comforting to know that even if he's got 150 or 200 billion dollars he can never buy the thing that he values most which is to be funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think he comes across as a very funny guy either no but um, he wants to be i'm i'm looking at the i'm looking at this photo um, I suppose for those who are watching on YouTube, I should probably yeah share the screen because I'm not making this shit up, man. No, I believe you. If you guys are watching on TikTok or or Instagram, you're you know sorry, folks. <laughs> uh, Join us on YouTube or Twitch. Yeah, you gotta you gotta subscribe to 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 see this this stuff for real. But yeah, he's just got he's got it looks like a bathroom sink, not a kitchen sink. Even though the terminology is the kitchen sink, so. Uh, or I guess let that sink in. Okay, so the the yeah, it's it would have been better for throwing everything out except the kitchen sink. But, but yeah, um, yeah, and I'm just really happy to see that he's his terrible management style is finally being exposed and people can see it. And yeah, there's a whole bunch of really funny mockery accounts. On, I think you're on jumping. I think you're jumping the gun a little bit on this. I want to give the guy a shot. I don't. I don't have the issues with Elon Musk as you do. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see where this goes. You know, I don't think he's a super genius, but I do like that he has. He's pushing the agenda into the future. And I, you know, we don't. There's. I don't know of any other companies that are doing so publicly. So even though it's obnoxious stuff, and it, you know, it is what it is. I, that's that's not. 
I'm not concerned with that. You know, I'm not concerned with the products that GE makes. I'm also not concerned with buying a, a Tesla. Um, but, you know, it sounds like Tesla and some of the Elon Musk companies are doing things that might benefit us a decent amount in the future. I and mean, the best I can say for him is that, like, he's popularized electric, electric vehicles, but he, like Tesla's, the, the build quality on Tesla's is terrible. Kevin is saying that Elon holds us back. If you had somebody better at like messaging all this kind of stuff, we'd probably be farther ahead. Well, that's the anti-Trump argument, you know. <laughs> so um, I wonder. Um, if, yeah, I Kevin says Elon... like Hyperloop versus California high-speed rail. If you just took all the energy that they were putting into this Hyperloop boondoggle and actually built high-speed rail with which the technology already exists, like you probably already have high-speed rail. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's possible. Depends on cost. It's, so we got to get back to technology left. that's not proven. Gotta, the other one already exists and works well. Why we not gotta, just go with that? We got to get back to elections here. Okay. Do um, um, you want to follow the rough rubric that I threw up there? We don't have to necessarily go in order, but. Okay. Let me see. Like, all right. I'll start. Okay. I think you the start. one. I like, I like when you start. <laughs> the, the most attention is probably gerrymandering. Okay. Um, so gerrymandering, I, I thought was something that I remember learning about gerrymandering as a kid and just thinking like, this is a wild, wild concept. Um, if you could click on, I think it's the first link. I want you to pull it, put up a graphic. The one that you are, the one that you're highlighting. Um, yeah. Dot org. Yeah. It's under gerrymandering. Yeah. So I'll, I'll yeah, pull that one up and, and then scroll like halfway down so that everyone can see the image, because I think this demonstrates it really well. Yeah, that's it. This this is it. So so this is uh, gerrymandering explained. You have fifty voters, thirty blue, twenty red. So um, you get sixty percent voting Democratic, twenty percent voting Republican. Uh, now you sort them by district, uh, and then you compact the districts. Okay. So and you then- can. It, it's basically showing that depending on how you cut things up, you can get wildly different election results. And you could have it so that you have proportional results where you have three blue districts and two red districts. And I think everyone would say that that's probably the most fair results because you get the same amount of representation as the population voted. But you can also make it so that blue gets 100% of it, or you can make it so that red gets 60% of it. And this happens all the time in real life. And both parties do it, although... I believe the data supports that Republicans do it a little bit more. And in either case, regardless of whether it's Republicans or Democrats doing it, it has the effect of making a lot of people have votes that are meaningless in their districts. So so hold up, hold up. So uh, I feel like the tone sounds like we're shitting on Republicans. There's a question on TikTok that says... Uh, most Republicans are not like big Trumpers. The Democrats think that, but nobody, no Republicans want Trump to run again. What policies besides abortion does Republicans support that are so bad? Um, denying climate change, um, supply side economics, and reducing taxes for the wealthy. All right, hold, um, hold, opposing hold opposing single payer health care. Hang on, so. Um, 
there's a lot of policies on both sides that are quite bad. I have been much more center leaning and I thought I was much more liberal. There's a lot of very liberal, very democratic uh, ideas that I think are absolutely insane. And I don't support a lot of those politicians. I don't think so much we're defending Democrats over Republicans. I think we're just talking about this example. In this example, I'm saying that the Republicans are slightly more guilty of this than Democrats. But I am acknowledging that Democrats do it as well. And actually, um, a prominent case this year was the Democrats overdoing it in New York to the point where a court threw out the map and they had to completely redraw the maps because the Democrats got too greedy. So I'm not saying the Democrats are completely innocent here, far from it. And I'm saying that the practice needs to end from both sides. But it's really problematic because, and I, I, I threw up some statistics and this yeah. is, I use Texas as an example because I, I like when you look at the maps, I don't know, for whatever reason, Texas sticks out to me, okay. but so, for reference, in the 2020 election, Texas voted for Trump by a margin of about 52 to 48, right? Okay. So, if you look at the tenant, uh, the Texas State House and their State Senate, it they've got about 57 and 58 percent of their of their state legislature made up of Republicans. So that's about a plus six margin there, mm-hmm. where. And so if you look at the Texas congressional delegation of the members of Congress that they send to Washington, they send 36 congresspeople, 24 of which are Republican and only 12 are Democrat. So that means that 75%, no, 67%, bad math, Yeah, 67%, 67% of their delegation is Republican when statewide it only votes 52 percent republican so you've got a lot of people in the state that aren't being represented by somebody that they really would like to be um and the problem is the the where where this problem comes from is who is in charge of redrawing the maps every election cycle because you have to do it because populations shift and populations grow or shrink and you need to redraw maps to, to accurately represent people. What, Guess who's but, in charge of redrawing the maps? But so, so let me ask a question, though. Who is in charge of redrawing the maps? The party in power okay. in whatever area. So, so why not stick? Why not go county by county? Why not go as do, is there some do the lines have to be drawn along some existing line? Like so county for, borders or zip codes? So counties counties are kind of their own thing. You, um, I think for, like, I don't know this exactly in Texas, but um, I would imagine that both the state house and the state senate and U.S. Congress, those are all just drawn individually. And they may correspond to counties, they may not. But you could, you could take half of a county. Yeah, you could have you could so, have a congressional district that's in two or three different counties, sure. So in but not all of the counties. Like like you would cut half a county in half is my question. Yeah, cuz the thing is like, you can't you have to have a district that's contiguous. You can't have like a little pocket here and a little pocket there and a little pocket there. Now, 
you'll see some pictures of like a gerrymandered map where like you could have like a little spur that's connected by like a really narrow swath of land to like a bigger blob where you're just cutting out a small piece. But yeah, you have to, all the, all the counties have to be contiguous. You can't like have like um, an exclave. No, I I understand that. But what I'm saying is that are you, when you're gerrymandering, are you, you're just drawing lines across a map, not paying attention to the lines that are on the map. Now the lines have to be contiguous. Yeah. Like when you're you're trying to do, if you're trying to keep your party in power, I think you're, you're missing my question though. You're missing my question is if you're in Rensselaer County, can half of Rensselaer County be, be one district and yeah. other half of Rensselaer County be another district? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, so then how, how else, how would you solve the problem of gerrymandering? Um, one proposal that um, Kevin suggested, he, he found on Reddit that I actually thought was pretty good is first you start with a computer program that draws maps and these, pro- these computer programs already exist. Um, and they draw maps roughly based around like population density. So obviously you'd have more counties in like a city than you would out in the country, mm-hmm. but you draw a hundred maps and they're all going to be a little bit different, but they're all going to be roughly based on population. And you have both parties get together and they look at all 100 maps and both parties get 45 vetoes. So they look and each party gets to throw 45 of the maps that they don't like out. So you're left with 10 maps. Of those 10 maps, one of the two parties picks out of those 10. And the other party doesn't get a veto or anything more. It's just we've narrowed it down from 100 down to 10. This year, it's the Republicans that get to pick, and they pick the election map. And what happens after that is you wait until the next election. And what you look at is in the next election, if the party wins the election but gets fewer total votes then the other party gets to pick the next redistricting map, except both sides only get 35 vetoes. So you have more maps to pick from. So you're giving kind of a bigger advantage to the loser. And if the party that won, like that got more votes, got more seats, then the process repeats itself of pick a hundred maps, 45 vetoes each. And then the other party picks. So like you'd have the Republicans pick one, one cycle, you draw another hundred maps, um, get rid of 90 pick 10 the democrats pick Dude, the, the, thing next is, the thing is uh, it's it basically sounds- the i cut well, you pick method yeah yeah fair enough um but it's not it's not crazy convoluted but you almost would need a computer to digest those maps right like no you got to go through a hundred maps well i i guess but you also you a would have you you would probably have each party kind of establish a commission of maybe like five or 10 people who's that's their job for the next six months is all they do is they look at these maps. That's your full-time job. You're looking at a map 40 hours a week for the next six months, picking out the maps that we like, but they were generated from, from a computer program. And the idea is similar to jury selection where both, both attorneys go into the courtroom and there's a hundred people in the jury and they just start asking the people questions. They didn't get to pick the hundred people. Those people were picked randomly. And so those hundred people are sitting in the courtroom 
and they get a certain number of vetoes where they can like, all right, Justin, you can go home. James, you can go home. And eventually they narrow it down to 12. And it's a similar idea of you're, you don't get a choice of the pool that you're looking at, but you do get a choice from that. From that pool. Yeah, no, I get it. That's why I said it's, it's not that not, it's not complicated. It's just a hundred maps is a lot. And getting okay, somebody well then just to do it, like, do it with 20 and, and give everybody real, eight vetoes. I, I think the real variable is that a computer generates these maps. And at this in this era, getting uh, politicians or just regular citizens to agree on that, I, I don't see that as likely. But I do like the idea. I think well, it's a great and- idea. That's so, the biggest problem is like if you were to do other things where you were to do just like a nonpartisan commission, let's say you have five Democrats and five Republicans and like five independents and you and they're nonpartisan. It's just this is your job as you draw the maps and it's completely it's as neutral as you can possibly get. And then they come up with the map that they think is fair and everyone has to agree to it. That would be another potential solution. But the point that you're making, which I think is valid, is that. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, if you're the party that's in power, why would you agree to allow somebody else to make maps that are likely going to be less favorable favorable for you in the future? No, they're just going to be perfectly fair. It sounds like it sounds like it's yeah, but it, but if if but I'm the, if mean, I'm the issue with, is, here's I'm the issue is you're can, asking the can, person in power to potentially give up power. That's the issue, right? right. That, you know, you say, hey, you know, it's just. <laughs> and, and, and Kevin says, like, the current election maps are already drawn by computers, and that's how they're so precise. So it's like, we already have these programs that you can just design to get a result that you want. And True. so it's like, I'm sure it's more complicated than this, but to oversimplify, let's say you're Democrats and you're in power and you say, we want to be plus eight. So you just set the dial to Democrats plus eight, let the computer chug its numbers and it spits out a map for you. You just say, okay, we're going to use that same computer, but now we're just going to set it back down to zero. All right, let's let's uh, let's hit the next topic here. So All right, I realize we've been BSing for twenty five minutes, but and that's the issue. It's just that people get less representation when when they're in a heavily gerrymandered district. Uh, yeah, I mean, very very clear. What what do you want to hit on uh, on on make make election day a holiday that's what i was that's what i was going to call it i think that's a great idea um i know a lot of countries do that i know i think school was closed in new jersey this week for election school was closed here um school was closed here because like the polling place that i went to was a school and they didn't want to have like the disruption of adults and stuff in the same place as an elementary school we we had voting going on in our in our high school when we were in high school, right? Yeah, I remember they shut off like the auditorium for was like it, that the day. The auditorium or the, the elementary school cafeteria, I thought. It um, might have been both. Those were the old, I remember them wheeling in the old uh, uh, election booths for you. Yeah, the actual that. paper ballots where it punched yeah. a hole in a piece of paper. Yeah, and that, 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 that led to the hanging chads. Yep, Florida. <laughs> so, the cause um, of all this nation's troubles. But I, I, is anybody pushing back on making election day a national holiday? Mm-hmm. Who? Take a guess. Probably the Republicans. Correct. So the thing about Republicans versus Democrats is Democrats generally 
want to want to make voting easier. They want Democrats generally want more people to vote. Exactly. And Republicans tend to want to have stricter standards to voting. But it also which I agree with. Okay, but the fact that they would be against like making uh, an election day a national holiday to me is just like that's a that's a silly one right so so i like the idea of having some type of id required to vote but uh which makes it tougher to vote um but making it easier to vote by making it a holiday makes more sense to me um we'll come especially to the voter id in a second especially considering that some of those lines to vote can be crazy long you could be in line for three hours uh, I was seeing so in 2020 there were reports of some people being in line like eight or ten hours. Yeah, it's, I mean you can't go to work on a day like that, and yeah, you know, it's your right to vote. So your 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 office can't. I would imagine that you being your federal right to vote, that your office could not do anything to uh, basically block that. You so you might, I, I don't know what the rules are. I, I would think that it would probably be pretty tough to get fired for spending your day voting, but you, your office, depending on what state you're in, like you might not have to be paid for that day. And for some people losing an entire day's pay because you voted. Well, that's why making it a national that. holiday. Yeah. That's why making it a national holiday and it makes sense. Uh, um, anything else on this or can we move on? We can move on. Okay. You sure? Um, I had to think about it for a sec. So Kevin says the employer is only mandated to give one hour off for voting. Well, I would I would say that if, if, if your polling place, the line is three hours, that if that ever went to a Supreme Court, you know, the, the employer would not win. Yeah. And the There's thing about like, – because um, this actually happened on Tuesday is there – like if you show up, let's say the polling place closes at 7.00. And let's say you show up at 655 mm -hmm. and the line is out the door. If you are in line when the time that the polling place closes, you get to vote. So if there's a three hour line and the polling place closes at seven, you could still vote at 955. Yeah, that, and that happens all the time. That's that's a that's a real thing. Uh, but that's but but, you, like. When was the last time you stood in line for three hours? I, I can't. I mean, maybe when I was a kid for like, who knows? Who knows what? Um, but would you I, stand I would, in, is there anything that you would stand in line for three hours today? I, I could I would highly doubt that. I cannot think of much that I am that passionate about. The only thing I can think of that I would stand in line for three hours for would be something so patently absurd that it would never happen. Like. They're giving out a thousand dollars. Okay, I'll stand in line for three hours. You stand in line for, for three hours for a thousand bucks? It's three hundred and thirty-three dollars an hour. It's three hours you're standing there. Yeah, but it's three hundred and thirty-three dollars an hour. I could live with that. But those are bad hours. Doesn't matter. It's a thousand bucks. I couldn't do it. Motivate me to stand in line for three hours. It would have to be something completely ridiculous that would never happen. The only other time that I would stand in three hours is if I absolutely had to. And that would be like I'm flying back to the country and like the line for customs is three hours. And my answer is, do you want to get back into this country? Well, then stand in line. Well, yeah, there's a lot of line. Yeah, that you have to stand in. But this is this is choice. Yeah. Um, 
All right, what else? Line length between white and minority counties. Yeah. This is something we talked about. So speaking of waiting in line, this is something we talked about last episode, how a lot of, and this is, I imagine, more common in Republican states because the more densely populated areas tend to vote more Democratic, mm-hmm. that that they are limiting the number of polling places. Mm-hmm. And also, and the idea is to discourage minorities from voting. Well, I mean, not prevent them, discourage. I don't, I don't know if that's the intended idea. I'm sure that that is a consequence. I'm curious what the intent is when they're like, you know what, we're going to shut down ten polling stations in in this city, and they have a reason for it. I'm sure in their mind, it's not because there are minorities here. Okay, but it does affect minorities at a greater rate because you tend to have more minorities in the urban areas. You tend to have more of a mix of everybody in an urban area. So of course you'd have more minorities. Um, anything I'm missing on this? I see you've got a link to the Brennan center article. Um, I mean, I kind of wanted to show like a couple pictures of the ridiculous have, lines. Um, have voting I, think line? I think if you click on that link, I will click on this link. I mean, the, the, the um, I'll do a shared screen. So if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, you'll see it. If you're not, well, you won't see it. Er, no, that link doesn't have it. Let me. Um... All right. Well, um, all right. You have hit a dead end. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Brennan Center has got long lines explained. That was the first one. But I'm just searching on uh, on Google voting lines. See pretty clearly some of these lines crisscross each other four, five, six times. Yeah. Uh, it's like, who wants to do that? Because, like, so when I went and voted on Tuesday, um, my polling center is a mile away from me. I rode my bike there. When I showed up to the polling center, there was one person in front of me in line. It took me two minutes to get my ID checked and my ballot. It took me 30 seconds for a voting booth to open up. I was probably out of the voting center in less time than it took me to actually ride my bike to the school. And that's because I'm in a pretty white area that's not super densely populated. You're in the suburbs, yeah. Yeah. But if I were in Houston or Atlanta, I would have to imagine that I would have been waiting in line much longer. Um, well, I mean, that may not be necessarily because there are fewer, fewer polling places. It could just be because there are more people. Okay. Yeah. But- and you can't, you can't just grow, you can't just grow the number of polling places always by the number of people in that County or, you know, in that district. Um, you know, that, that does depend. Um, I mean, you, you should to a degree, but you just can't scale it proportionally. No, you're not going to, it, it's never going to be perfect. And I'm not saying it can be, but you can make better efforts than we've seen. So uh, your next one on here is voter ID laws. Um, and I think this is where the Republicans have a case with voter fraud. 
However, you know, I did some research on voter fraud and it appears that there is very little, very few cases of voter fraud. And I tried to find some documented cases of voter fraud. I really couldn't find much. And what I read, very little. what um, I read said, that, you know, they were talking like that what they could find was like 0.0001% nationwide, which is if anybody has ever seen the spread when it comes to the election results, that's not going to impact. Okay, so the number that I saw, the uh, the AP did an investigation into the 2020 election, and they were able to find about 500 cases of of, of reported or actual of of actual voter fraud. Um, now, what level, like whether it was double voting or like fake party registration i don't know exactly because they didn't the the article didn't talk about like the types of cases it just said like they found 500 cases. it was 498 but we're going to round up to 500 because that's easier so there were about 83 million no it was i i'm sorry it was about 160 million people voted right okay so if you do 500 divided by 160 million you get point zero 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 three percent that's actually that was the other number that i saw between point oh, zero, 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 one. it's point zero 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 three percent so okay, yeah so that would be that, that ten hundred thousandths so three ten thousandths of a percent yeah so that's that's three out of, out of every ten thousand people but again no 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 that's three out of like a million people. Um, okay. Well, look, uh, there's only 160 million people. So yeah, it's uh, 300. Yeah. That's, that's about three people out of a million that commit voter fraud. So look, uh, that what I was saying before, and I'll, I'll repeat it is that the, spread in any election is way, way less than that. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that necessarily means that voter fraud isn't something we should pursue. Oh, it's not happening much. Let's not worry about it. Uh, No, I I don't think that that's, yeah, like just saying because it's not happening doesn't mean we should do nothing. Like the reason why it doesn't happen is because our system is pretty secure and there are a lot of kind of catches and backup systems to to prevent it from happening and to punish the people that try to do it. Um, well, let, let's but let's talk but, about types of voter fraud because I, I got a, I got a list here and go um, ahead and run them down because I can only think of like one. Well, there's not much, you know. There's, there's uh, double voting. So there's there's voting in someone else's name. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, Kevin says, if voter fraud is that low, where you've got three ten thousandths of a percent incident rate, he says, if voter fraud's that low, it means the system is working. But it doesn't mean that we don't constantly improve the system. Okay. Yeah, but you have to look we, at it and say, like, at what point does? I'll, I'll tell the, you. I'll tell you at what point when the accusations of voter fraud, you need. You, we need to have. We need to have some backup and say it's not happening. Not, I think a better argument would be it's not possible. It can't possibly be happening because and well, and, mm, and to put your mind at ease and because we want you to shut the fuck up, not you, because we want you to shut the fuck up. We're doing this, this and this. So so here's the problem with your argument. 
is, as we've shown by the numbers in 2020, the voter fraud incidence rate was a set, it was effectively zero, yet plenty of people claimed it because they didn't like the result of the election because their guy didn't win. So the idea that if you were to get that 500 number down to 10 or 5 or 0, that people wouldn't cry voter fraud is well, just specious. So I want to talk about a, a, a few things about how voter fraud can happen, voting in someone else's name. Now, if there's no ID law... So in New York, I didn't have to show ID. I just said Justin DiGiulio. Now, if somebody knew where I lived, they could have just gone there and voted for me. The, the person on the other side of the table had no idea what Justin DiGiulio looked like. So I, I was actually, I remember voting and just being surprised when I, they were like, what's your name? I was like, Justin DiGiulio. They were like, Z -Z -Z -Z. all right, you're all set. And I had like my hand in my back pocket on my wallet. I'm like, uh, all right, now what? And she goes, no, you're all set. You just go, go get in the other line. Like, oh, no idea or anything? She's like, no. I was actually surprised because to me, that would make sense. So voting in someone else's name, um, registering to vote in multiple locations. So theoretically, moving to New Jersey, I could apply for voter registration out here and vote here and then go into the office and vote in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, and there were and, a couple cases of that happening in 2020, but um, not many. So, you know, you uh, so you register to vote in multiple locations and then actually do vote in multiple locations. Um, voting when not eligible. So you're a felon uh, or you're a non-citizen. And uh, given the records that we keep of non-citizens, I, I imagine it would not be very difficult to be a registered voter and an illegal immigrant. Um, and then also paying people to vote for certain candidates because a decent amount of the population doesn't vote. But just like you said, you would stand in a line for three hours for a thousand bucks. A lot of people would vote for a much smaller amount of money. Yeah. Um, so. But all of those combined, like, add up to a very small amount. And so the, but the solution, make... but the solution to them is not that difficult. So, for example, voter registration cross checks. So if you had New York and New Jersey that shared their voter rolls, which they don't, it couldn't happen. Okay, uh, so I support that. You'd say you're you're registered in multiple locations. Well, you know, which one? Pick and, one. Uh, exactly, uh, and and I uh, I actually thought about doing it this year. Like I'm still registered to vote in New York. I still get the mail forwarded to me uh, from New York with the voter and, and politician stuff. Um, but I live in Jersey, so I you know I have electric bill, whatever I would need, and I don't think you need much to register to vote. Um, you know, I think you just fill out a piece of paper, mail it in. I could just register in New Jersey. No harm, no foul, except actually. Yeah, so um, Kevin makes a good point here. He says your illegal immigrant voting logic doesn't follow. Illegal immigrants don't want to be found. So why would they try and register to vote? Because it's just a name on a piece of paper. That's really it. Yeah, it's but it's name. still you're not raising putting, their profile. You're, you're, but but again, the, these records don't go anywhere. So, you know, if if. If you're if you're an illegal immigrant and you really want to trump out because he didn't like illegal immigrants, you want to vote somebody in like Biden who's going to make it easier for you to become legal. It would definitely be worth registering to vote in the 2020 election. And maybe they succeeded. Who knows? Yeah, but the thing is, it's still attached to an address and like it's you it doesn't need to even be attached to a real address. I, I and I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially in some of the more liberal states that 
the the you know it, it's not it's not very difficult to get that voter registration. I think we need to research this a little bit more, but I think that Kevin's point is stronger than yours right now. Um, and then compare voter registrations to federal databases for crime and for uh, immigrants, not so that they could go and arrest and, and deport the immigrants, but you know you have to have. If you're creating a list of citizens, there you know there has to be there has to be some level of checks and checks on that on that list. I would feel like so. No, Kevin's saying that when you when you register to vote, you have to provide some kind of verification for your address. So for most people, it's pretty easy. You just show them like a copy of your ID or something that shows that has your address on it. But if you don't have an ID, then it would be something like an electric bill to show that you have residence. So it's not like you can just make up an address. You need to have some kind of supporting documentation when you're going through the voter registration process. You you can't just make up stuff and get a voter ID card. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look into this. Um, okay, you can register to vote by mail or in person. Here's the election website. I'm in the New Jersey online voter registration. Um, online. I wonder how I could do it in paper, but I'll look at the registration. English, Espanol, Korean, or Gujarati? Gujarati. Gujarati? What is that? Like Thai or something? Indian. Indian? Oh, no shit. Really? Uh, What you will need, a current or or valid driver's license or a non-driver identification card issued by New Jersey Motor Vehicle Commission. So, okay. So they're saying you have to have state-issued ID in New Jersey or a social security number. So that's, that's something I'll buy that. Um, that actually surprises me. Um, and then, yeah, uh, so and then an illegal immigrants, not going to have any, well, an illegal immigrant might have a driver's license, but they're definitely not going to have a social security number. So, uh, well, if they have a driver's license, they have a driver's license, they can register to vote. So, yeah, but uh, it's also like, that's one of those ones where it's very easy to register. Like they can immediately check your immigration status. Cause if you're an illegal immigrant and you went and got a driver's license, they're going to know your status and they're going, and it's going to, there's going to be something in the database that says, Hey, yeah, we see that this person has a driver's license, but they are not eligible to vote because they're an immigrant. Uh, I would be very surprised if they're cross-checking those databases. But the last thing I would say, and this is New Jersey, I just read you the New Jersey voter registration requirements is a state issued photo ID and or social security. And I stand by that. I think that, you know, I think that until we can get to like fingerprint voting, having some form, some version, some form of proof of who you are is, is a really good idea. So the issue with voter ID is I, I can understand your point and I, the, the, and the I issue actually with don't voter ID is this. The argument against what I'm saying is that you have somebody who was, who lives in a cabin in the woods and they were born in the cabin, not in the hospital and they don't have a birth certificate. So they really want to vote and, and we need to let them vote. Now, I think that those are very few people in the United States. And I think that we need to be encouraging against you there. We need to be encouraging those people to join society in the sense that they should have social security numbers. They should have some form of ID. They should, you know, especially be able to collect state benefits if they are just living in a cabin with no electricity and internet and thus not having access to get a driver's license and get a birth certificate. We need to bring so, these 
people, you know, or give them access to the map. We don't have to bring them on the map. They can stay off the map, but I think we need to give them access to the map. Okay, so here's the issue is your your conjecture that the number of people that don't have ID is small. Well, um, it's about 11%. So that's, yes, that's kind of small, but it's not like ridiculously small. That's still a significant uh, enough people. Uh, if you had all, if you I'd added like 11% break, I'd to like to a break, voter. I'd like to break down the reasons for why these people don't have ID. Um, the main one is there's two main reasons. One is that it costs money. And some people just don't want to spend the money to get the ID because they don't solvable, need it. Solvable problem. If so we're the, going the, to require everybody to have an ID, then we could make it free. Okay, done. All right. I'm, I think we both agree with that. Okay. Yep. So what's, the what's other the one under? is, the other one is some people don't have the underlying documents necessary. Okay. To so get the I, ID. I think then, like I said, we we need to give these people access to the map. If we're going to do something statewide that's going to require people to have an ID, then we need to make it easier for them to get IDs. And we need to have a department that handles the case-by-case -case situations where somebody may not have a birth certificate. And we have to go back and figure out okay. what, what the so, situation is. Hold on a second, because I'm actually going to agree with you on something here, is if we took all of these steps to make outreach available for the people that don't have ID, and help defray the cost of getting the ID and help them get the documents and all that stuff. But we remove the barriers to getting the ID. I would have much less opposition to voter ID laws. But I'm going to tell you my opinion on this. Somebody who doesn't have the money to get an ID and doesn't have a birth certificate or social security number. I have a feeling as somebody that they have to be 18. Yeah. So somebody for the last 18 plus years of their life, which for the vast majority is going to be greater than 18 years, um, has pretty much lived a life that is not very much involved in politics and engagement in politics. So this person who's not been involved or engaged in politics, you know, it, it may not is very unlikely to be voting. And, and that's, that's just my, that's my opinion. Okay. But I think most people would agree with me on both points. We should make it easier for people to get whatever's required, but we do need to require something. And New Jersey, this is, and, but again, yeah, look, voting, and that's what voting I'm saying. Is like are, if, we make, state, if we voting, make the requirements on. achievable and, and, and remove the barriers to getting the ID, then requiring the ID ID is much less onerous to me. So, so, just for anybody who's listening to us, voter ID laws are state by or voter ID laws. Voter laws are state by state. So and, and Kevin makes a good point. It's like the reason why you haven't been engaged prior to now is because you've been prevented from being engaged. Okay, but <laughs> by the system. So Right. So if we change the system and make it easier to get these ID laws, then I would be these IDs, then I would be much more okay with having ID laws on the books. All right. As it stands right now, the reason why the ID laws are on there is to disenfranchise the people that don't have IDs. Uh, I I don't know. I, I completely disagree with you. I think that they, they don't want to disenfranchise people who don't have IDs. They just don't want people voting who we don't know who they are. 
So coincidentally, it happens to be the same thing, but the intent is different. The in I would disagree because the thing is, when you don't have voter ID laws, which we didn't have for a very long time, there wasn't a huge problem with voter fraud. This is solving a problem that doesn't exist. Well, voter fraud wasn't really a big, big deal. Um, let me, let me, there's this Harvard, I think, article. Let me just check it out real quick. Why American elections are flawed and how to fix them from Cornell University Press 2017, written by Pipa Norris. And I'll just read you the abstract here or part of it. The flaws in the American electoral process have become increasingly apparent in recent years. The contemporary tipping point in public awareness occurred during the 2000 election count and concern and concern deepened due to several major problems observed in the 2016 campaign, worsening party polarization and corroding public trust in the legit, uh, legitimacy to the outcome. To gather evidence about the quality of elections around the world, in 2012, the Electoral Integrity Project was established as an independent research project based in Harvard and Sydney universities. The results show that experts rated American elections as the worst among all Western democracies. Without reform, these problems risk damaging the legitimacy of American elections, further weakening public confidence in political parties, Congress, and the U.S. government, depressing voter turnout, and exacerbating the risks of mass protests. And then she goes on to talk All a little right. bit about so what So let me throw one other statistic your way. So in-person voter fraud, where people are trying to vote as somebody else, so that would be like somebody going and saying, I'm Justin DeGiulio and I live at such and such a place I want to vote, and it's not you. So since 2000, there have been 31 credible allegations of voter impersonation during a period of time in which over 1 billion ballots were cast. So, so I, I, I read that stat too, actually. Funny you, you just cited that when I read that stat. The issue, though, here's the issue. And I think, I think this is probably what I haven't driven in. So you haven't caught it. The issue is we're not, in, in most cases these days, dealing with the majority okay what we're dealing with is the loud minority and they are getting louder and they're growing in number and the issue is over the last decade that number has grown quite a bit and the noise that they're making has grown quite a bit so given they're complaining about bullshit the issue is how do we deal with that you ignore them but they're growing and they're getting louder. So this is like a protest happening on your block. How long can you ignore this protest? Right? Before you're just like, you know what? We're going to take down the, the Christmas decorations that we put up in September. All right? You guys are obnoxious. You keep stealing our shit. You know what? We'll wait until November at least. I told I you that... Tomorrow, your chances of dying were one in 32 million. Would you be worried? No, I think probably th that's the same chances I get from just driving a car. <laughs> so. It's actually probably, it's probably better than you driving your car. <laughs> but so if I told you your chances of dying tomorrow were one in 32 million, would you be up all night saying, oh boy, tomorrow could be my last day? No. Okay. 
right? But that's, that's the odds, uh, that's the odds that's the of, odds of fraud happening. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But again, you're de- you what you're missing is that the protest is happening on your block, and you got to deal with this shit because it's annoying as fuck. So, Kevin says, and I think this is appropriate. A two year old is throwing a tantrum about wanting candy. What do I do? Well, you got uh, my advice because what you're saying is you just stand there and listen to the tantrum what well, what i'm saying is let's make the candy not an issue let's just throw the candy out of the room okay what what his i can tell is, you his <laughs> argument is but it's a two-year-old and his and what he wants is dumb okay what he wants is dumb either way you're still sitting there with a two-year-old so what i'm saying, what I'm is, saying is you don't negotiate we, with a two-year-old next, next time we go Next time we go to the grocery store, I'm going down the, the checkout aisle with the fucking magazines, not with the candy. So uh, what else is on our list here? Because I want to make sure we get we got four yeah, we minutes. got five minutes to go. Um, voter ID laws making a holiday, gerrymandering, um, compulsory voting, and ranked choice voting. Okay, so compulsory voting, ranked choice voting. So compulsory voting, um, this arguably now, compulsory flies. voting really has to go along with election day being a holiday. Like it's hard, yeah, to, that do also, it's hard that, to do one that, without the other, but that flies in the face of voter of, of anti-voter ID laws. If you're saying voters shouldn't be required to have ID. Now you're saying everybody needs to vote. How are you accounting for everybody? So the, the issue there is you, you, you know, you have to get on some list if they're going to be able to enforce this compulsory, uh, compulsory well then we go back to your suggestion of making it so that everybody get like you you make it free to come onto the grid and then once you're on the grid you have to vote and i i already said like if you remove these barriers to voter id my opposition to the voter id laws disappears um cool and then and then what's next uh ranked choice voting ranked choice voting I really don't like ranked choice voting just because why not? I, I, because I don't like choosing number two or number three. Like that's why I just fucking hate. Well, ranked. you don't have to. If you do ranked choice voting, you can just pick one candidate, and you not... don't have to pick two, three, four. Okay, so then that's just voting. It you is pick, voting, you... <laughs> but it allows for you to pick a two, three, and four, so that way, if your candidate doesn't win. You can say, okay, if not that guy, then that guy. Um, it's it's a little complex for people to understand when you start mathing it out because anything that's not involves, that complicated. It's not Although that we are talking about Americans, and that's my point. <laughs> so when you start mathing it out, it it just it gets a little dicey. Um, I'm not against it though. I don't like it, but I'm not against it. So um, the great thing about it is that. In the primary season, you always see candidates appealing for the extremes of their party because that's what's going to get them to win their primary. That would, and yeah, that you know, with ranked choice voting, that could almost go away. It, it does. It is demonstrable where with ranked choice voting, you have people that say, you know what, like I'm the Republican running for whatever. And like, I recognize that. If I take extreme positions, there's Democrats that will put me at number four on the list instead of number two. But if I moderate my positions and pick more compromises, then even if somebody votes Democrat, they might put me as the number two 
and my extreme opponent at number four. And if all the Republicans and if the Democrat doesn't win, then those Democrat votes go to me. So there's a reason to try I, and appeal to the other side. I follow your point. I want to read you. We were running down to the seconds here. I want to read you um, a quote that I heard on NPR yesterday in the morning. Uh, and the quote is, our democracy. <laughs> Kevin says, the moose fuckers in Maine have figured it out. And also uh, the moose fuckers in Alaska. All right, all right, Maybe there's something you. about moose why don't you populations. Just, why don't you just text it. Kevin back? Why don't you just text Kevin back directly? Um, Kevin, the off-camera uh, commentator here, he should be at least making the public comments so we can both see them. Um, look, here's a quote. Our democracy is at stake. We are electing politicians who will do things because people want them to do it. They won't just do the right thing. So I, I um, that's a confusing quote. Well, the um, confusing Sasha quote says, was, are you guys going to talk about abortion rights post Roe v. Wade being overturned? Um, I think on the next cast, we should talk a little bit about that, because that ended up being a major factor in a lot of races. Is it that turned out a lot of voters who were pissed off about abortion rights? And that probably had an effect on the midterms. Uh, you know, there's I, more I to talk about than the, the 30 seconds we have left. I do think that probably had a pretty good effect on the midterms. I, uh, I'm going to cue our music. And Kevin says he wants to be off the grid. Well, he's, he, it, it's, the, the, we can't take the comments. If you're commenting to one person, it's, you know, we get to be relaying them. Yeah, in a weird way. You're just speaking them out. It's not, it, it's not conducive for a conversation. So on that note, we are offline play the outro music here and uh, convince this guy to get his ass on the grid. <laughs> um, made it this far. I want to thank you for making it this far, but don't forget to subscribe on all audio podcast platforms or any audio podcast platforms that you might be listening to and on YouTube. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.